Alright, we're back at the Construction Royalty Podcast Studio. We're here with my friend Bryce. How's it going, bro? Doing good. Doing good. Nice. Excited to do this. Yeah, so it's your first podcast. First but, podcast ever, yep. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna dive into your story, okay. what you do, how you got to where you are right now. So when if you're at a networking event, you know, and you're there to meet people, what's your elevator pitch, your thirty second of what you do? Uh I mean, really, it's it's. I try and t- I try and tailor it to each individual, right? So, so I'll get to talking about them, about um, about what it is, you know, what it is they're looking to do, what it is they're looking for, um, or even what what other folks might have to offer, right? If I'm if I'm you know, for example, walking in here, met met up with a countertop guy, right? So. Uh, so at some point after this, I'll probably end up getting his contact info and seeing about develop, developing some kind of relationship there. Um, but really, it's it's. Uh, I wouldn't say that I have like a uh, a quick like sales pitch <clears throat> or anything worked up. Um, it's just more about uh, talking to folks in 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 developing some kind of a, a, a at least a working relationship. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So what do you do career-wise? So career-wise, um, I'm going on uh, four months of running my own general contractor um, with uh, with my wife, who's also a designer. So we're we're trying to get off the ground a, a design build firm um, called BLD Construction, <clears throat> um, and she still has her own. Right now, they're still technically split um, as like a separate. Um, separate design business and a separate construction business. But um, we're looking at um, right now actually putting it, putting together a, 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 an official business plan <clears throat> that includes both of us, you know, kind of as a, as a turnkey service from design to construction build out. So, and do you know of any businesses like that, especially in the Austin area that, that has there, what you guys are doing? Yes, there is. So there are some design build firms out there. Um, I know. I think uh, Trim Built is a is a big one. They I think they started off as a design build firm. You know, they're they're one of the biggest that I'm aware of at um, at this point. And I'm sure that there's other smaller ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's <clears throat> it's when it comes to when it comes to getting a project done as as quickly as possible. One of the main things that that delays a schedule is RFI responses. And even just drawing clarifications, yeah. and a lot of times it's uh, you know because you're dealing with a completely separate entity and a separate business. When when an owner goes out and gets gets drawings done, right? Sometimes they're not to the level of detail because they weren't willing to spend the money on the level of detail, or you know, there's there's all there's all kinds of different different things that you know because the, the owners aren't contractors themselves, so they're not going to know what to look for. Or, they're not going to know what a, a quality set of drawings looks like until they're told otherwise. So, uh, so yeah, we're we're hoping to to offer something keyword is of value that that we can uh, that we can then you know grow and and eventually you know the whole uh, BLD stands for Brindle Legacy Design, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so um, the whole idea is that we're going to Hopefully, um, God permitting, that we can we can get this thing off the ground, get it successful, and then eventually, if our kids decide that that uh, that they want to get into the family business, then that'll be that'll be a legacy that we can then hand off to them. So, it's so, kind of the idea. Yeah. Of it. So, when you say design, is it like architectural yeah. blueprint design? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So she uh, she my wife she has uh, she has certifications. Um, in interior design, um, nice. as well as uh, as well as which what's funny is this is a, certi- a certificate that uh, it's it's similar to a PMP, um, like a project management um, deal where you have to have a certain number of hours, which kind of transposes into into years, right? How long have you been doing whatever this job is? 
and uh, you can then qualify to take this take this test and then after the test you get an extra set of initials at the end of your name and so she found out about this and while she was she was pregnant with her first daughter she studied for this test over about three months took the test passed it first time and then um, and then shortly thereafter had our had our first child so um, I keep I, and also she had her all naturally Just a quick side note but um, so yeah I, I joke around and call her superwoman yeah. but, or Wonder Woman but uh, but yeah so <clears throat> so with that certificate she can um, she can draw and design a complete house so there are limitations um, she can do small commercial stuff and she can do pretty much all residential stuff under 5,000 feet. Nice. Um, and so a lot of people think that, oh, well, you know, so she's basically an architect. Well, kind of, but, you know, each, you know, words have meaning, right? So so an architect is a little bit different. Um, when she was in school, she did take some architectural classes, right? Mostly like history of architecture and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, so she has that certification, which... You know, she's, um, and we're actually going to be using our house that we're slowly but surely getting underway. Um, we're going to be using kind of that house, our house, as our, you know, kind of big kind of blasting pitch, you know, because she, um, she and I have gone through probably seven different floor plans. Um, and a, just, I mean, at this point, like a year and a half of, design and tweaking this and tweaking that and, and making sure that we maximize square footage, maximize utility and, and also still keep it within some element of a budget. Yeah. So yeah. So you're creating like the model house. Right. For your brand. Right. Exactly. Yep. And it'll be, it'll be our house. Yeah. So. It's the best way to do it. Yep. 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 So that'll be, um, you know, like I said, we're still going to try and keep it within budget, and there's there's some finished stuff that we can we can always tackle later. But as long as we get the 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 bones where they need to be, then then I think we'll we'll um, we'll be pretty proud of it. Yeah. I'm hoping so. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I went. I went. <clears throat> I actually went to school for drafting and design. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you know, AutoCAD, yeah. Revit, mm-hmm. learning how to draw the blueprints. Yep. I never did anything with it. Yeah. But. You know, that's eventually. I started in electrical engineering and then I finished with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even have my diploma or anything. I was like, I don't need it. But you know, it's definitely I, a helpful skill. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of guys who um, they were on the architectural side because um, most of my background is in commercial. So I know a lot of those guys, you know, project managers, assistant project managers, uh, project engineers. Um, and a lot of them, you know, they went to school for, for design and architecture. And then as soon as they get a, a little bit of a taste of the field or something like that, they're like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's the kind of pace that I'm looking for. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's the similar kind of pace, but you're just sitting behind a computer, you know, 90% of the time with, with the, the, the other different architects and other designers and interns and stuff like that. So, so yeah, a lot of those guys, you know, they, they can, I mean, uh, uh, with Bluebeam and, Bluebeam, AutoCAD, Revit, all of those, they just run circles around that stuff. It's definitely a helpful skill. Yeah. So, <clears> so how, did, how did you come about, you know, getting into construction? Well, um, I don't want to say it's a family business per se. Kind of. So, um, let's see. So, my grandfather, um, my grand, my dad's dad. He um, so when he moved to when he and the family moved to moved to Texas from a small town called Peru, Indiana. Um, still got some family up that way. Uh, so he used to he used to work on a railroad, and then he got hurt on the railroad, and uh, he couldn't uh, he couldn't operate on on that equipment anymore. So then he decided to do roofing. Well, roofing in Indiana, you only get about five months of work. So you got to make 12 months worth of income in five months. And just, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, I mean, that's, that's how, that's how things operate, you know, uh, at least up there. So, um, he had heard from, from extended, from some extended family, um, here in Texas that they're like, wait a minute, you can work pretty much 12 months out of the year. 
so you're not limited to, <laughs> to you know to a narrow window to to make your your year's worth of income and so so yeah he packed up the whole family and this would have been in 72 i believe it was and then the uh, so that's how my dad got into town um and then uh from there um uh, you know when i when i was growing up uh, there were a lot of summers that uh he he needed help on projects so i was like okay i'll, I'll totally. do what i can and of course I, I was i think i was like eight years old <laughs> first time I, first time i i picked up any kind of like construction material and uh it was it was trial by fire for sure it was uh you know, you had to work at his pace, which was fast, very, very fast. Um, picking up rolls of tar paper that were heavier than me, carrying them up, you know, 16 foot plus extension ladders. And um, he took the hair off my face once because um, he was using a he was using a torch and I was hollering at him because I was coming up the edge and I knew he was <laughs> working at the edge. And yeah. as soon as I poked my head up above that, that, that uh, roof line, there it goes. You know, then I look like powder. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, like so, the movies, mm -hmm. the cartoons. Yep. Just no, no eyebrows, no bangs, no nothing. Just yeah. And then, of course, <laughs> that lovely smell of burnt hair just sticking around you for about a week. So, so yeah. So that was whenever I was a kid. You know, and it was it was intermittent here and there. And I had always, <clears throat> um, I had always been interested in 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 things and building things. Um, and my parents picked up on that, um, especially my mom. So, um, so every year, you know, for Christmas or birthday, there were Legos or Lincoln Logs. Kids these days have no idea what the hell Lincoln Logs are. Um, so it was Lincoln Logs, Legos, Connects, you know, the the trying to building different things. Yeah. And so there was a whole lot of that. <clears throat> and then formally, um, let's see, I was. 25 or so at the time, 20, no, I'd have been about 23 at the time. Um, I was, uh, I was kind of in between, I was trying to make some supplemental income and I was doing just little handyman stuff. Um, I had always kind of helped my mother fix things around the house and whatnot. So I was like, well, Hey, let's capitalize on it make a few extra bucks, you know, cause I like to go fishing. I like to go to the lake. I like to you know, go out to the coast and well, that requires money to do so. And I don't like other people paying my way. So I was like, no, I'm going to contribute. So, uh, so yeah, then from there it was, uh, uh, I was helping a, a, a friend of mine who ran a general contractor and she was just between a rock and a hard place on about six or seven different projects where she had punch lists that she needed to complete. And, um, uh, didn't really have anybody to, to get them done. So she hired me and her and I agreed on a, on a, on a weekly rate. And then, so I was able to pump out, um, give or take about, uh, one punch list a week, um, with, you know, with other things that I was doing and, and my regular day job, which was crap, but it is what it is. <clears throat> and then, um, from there I got uh, one of the last punch lists done. And then, uh, she called me on a Saturday, uh, and was like, hey, do you want to be my superintendent? And I'm like, um, I have no idea what that means, but sure, okay. And so, um, so I came to her office on Monday, and she gave me about four or five sets of plans and a whole bunch of instructions and everything else. And by Tuesday, I had five projects that yeah. that were underway. And I was like, what? I was still getting paid <laughs> the same rate that I was as like a general handyman, which at the time was well below from where super should have been, but I had yeah. no idea. And I saw this as like, uh, Oh, Hey, you know, maybe this is something, maybe it isn't. I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll see. And then, uh, uh, so I was with her for about a year, just shy of a year. And then, uh, that business was between kind of a rock and a hard place. And I recognized a few little things, but, uh, what was funny is the the first custom house that I was involved in was right around the corner from here. It was right behind the Home Depot there, fifty first. Oh, nice! And uh, yeah, that that house took took a little piece of my soul because <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was it was just uh, that was the first one. I don't know if I told you about this story or not. Uh, that was the first one I had an energized roof, 
energized metal roof. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that one. Um, this is that fun? That fun project. Mm-hmm. Yep, that fun project. Um, roofer used too long a nail, so I had to go through underneath the exposed eaves and cut every single tip of the fastener off about a quarter inch of every single one. Yeah. And it was all the way around two story house. So yeah. And then I found found a energized roof. That feels funny. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was interesting. And then um, I was with her, like I said, about uh, just shy of a year. And then after that, uh, uh, so my mom is also in the, in, on the, in the industry. Um, she's on the kind of third-party project management side. So, so of course, she knows a bunch of people, um, a bunch of people on the contractor side, design side, um, uh, manufacturer's representative side, all kinds of bits. And, uh, and so we, you know, she, she obviously knew what I was, what I was involved in and my mom and I are, are pretty close. Um, but yeah, so then, you know, she just sent out an email with my resume and said, Hey, no bias, no animus, right? Here's a, a young guy. He's got about a year's worth of, um, superintendent experience under his belt. Um, just, you know, kind of opening up the conversation of sorts. And so, uh, so yeah, I interviewed with about five or six other contractors at the time, and I was I was almost twenty five at the time, um, and uh, interviewed with a bunch of them. One of them said yes, and uh, so then you know I I thought I was going somewhere then because this uh, this would have been twenty fifteen, right around there twenty fourteen twenty fifteen, and uh, and I started. And I was making fifty uh, five thousand a year as a as an assistant superintendent. And I was like, mm, "Sweet, right? I'm getting somewhere." And then first job out of the gate uh, was nine weeks of nights, night yeah. shift, nine weeks straight every day. Yep, and it was at one of the most like anybody who's in commercial construction in the Austin area is familiar with this client and they are particular to no end all construction work has to be done at night all of it nothing is done to the during the day nothing so everything is done at night you have to put down temporary floor protection to get to wherever the construction area is and take it up before you leave and they expect everything to be immaculate clean when you leave throughout those common areas. Is, so is it because like the buildings are occupied? Yeah, yeah. So they only do work for occupied buildings, I guess. Well, it, so the the contractor that I work for, they do um, uh, they do ground up construction as well as TI or, or tenant improvement interior finish outs. Yeah. And it was just this client specifically. They had you know rules and regulations, and the contractor oh, yeah. had to work within those if yeah. they wanted to do work for that client. And so that involved, um, you know, like I said, for this particular project, it was nine weeks worth of nights. And I was supposed to have another superintendent overseeing me because, again, I, I only had about a year's worth of experience. I had never been in, in this kind of scenario. I had never looked at uh, this level of detail of drawings um, or any of that. And... Yeah, very quickly it was, uh, oh, hey, you're kind of out on an island by yourself because that other superintendent had another project that he was trying to get finished up, and he was doing that during the day. Mm. So he was spending most of the night sleeping. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it Rather than making a stink about it, I just pushed through it and, and figured it out. Um, but, yeah, that one we had, um, we had to have a cleaning crew come in at 4 o'clock every morning and clean the common areas. And that was just from... Um, just from transporting material and debris, you know, because the, the service elevator was right in the middle of the whole building. So you had to go past, you know, cubicles and offices and stuff like that yeah. to, to get material around. So, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that was a fun one. And then, um, and then yeah, there was a, a variety of different projects. Uh, I was with that first contractor for about three years. Um, and there were wide variety of different projects. Um, there was a uh, there was a Facebook project. There was two different Whole Foods projects. Um, there was one at UT, um, which that one 
that one was tough. Um, that was very, very tough. That was, uh, so there were four superintendents on that project. And the, so we were, uh, the main scope was to remodel 44 bathrooms located in three different dorm buildings. And those were all three different dorm buildings that surrounded Jester Hall, uh, which were some of the oldest dorm buildings. I think uh, Prather was finished in 1929, 1930, yeah. was when Prather was finished, and then the others were finished subsequently right thereafter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, old. very, very old, yeah. Um, and I think, from what I was told, was that the plumbing that we were, because we also had to redo all of the plumbing. So it was um, all new cast iron, all new copper, all the way down to the header. So, I mean, it was like full on, you know, full on gut down to the structure and then rebuild it in these bathrooms. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was even to the point where uh, an inch and a half copper water line, I couldn't even fit my pinky down the middle of it. Because that's how that's how corroded it was over over that many years. So uh, so yeah, that one that one was definitely intense for sure. Because uh, the other fun part was that we had to do it inside of when the dorm students left the dorms and before they came back. So that was seventy nine calendar days. Yeah. 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 Uh, the original contract amount was right around eight million. By the time we were done, it was a little over ten, with change orders and and unforeseen. So, like there were some structural repairs that had to happen. But yeah, that one. Yeah, uh, we were. I mean, minimum was like twelve to fourteen hour days every day. Um, there were many days where it went over that. Many days where it went over that. You know, sixteen, eighteen. There were times I didn't even go home. <laughs> so I just slept in my truck. I had a Domino's guy come and bring me a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I had one one slice and then out. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah. And then from there, um, didn't intend on doing it. Um, didn't intend on hopscotching around at all. But uh, so yeah. Then I uh, uh, oh, losing the mic over here. Sorry, maybe just a second. Shit's <laughs> falling off. Yep, it's just losing its grip here. Hold on. You can edit that out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm half tempted to edit it in with like a falling noise, like a dramatic falling noise. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. That's better. Oh, anyway, cool. um, at least yeah, fucking fall over. <laughs> yeah, at least it didn't. Um, yeah, so that one, um, that one was definitely you know some some real hardship there. But, uh, but yeah, so um, not long after that, um, did a few other projects with them, and then um, moved on. And and uh, you know, at that point, I was just eager and eager to do. To, to kind of, um, I guess, develop my craft, right? So I recognize that, that being a superintendent is, is absolutely vital, you know, to, to a successful project. Um, being able to, to look at the big picture and kind of help align all of the individual trades to, to do what they need to do in order to meet that bigger goal, right? Um, you know, because it, you know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of, of, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, there's all kinds of, of, you know, the jokes amongst the trades, right? Yeah. Um, you know, some folks end up being, uh, like, I've, I've heard, and again, not everybody checks this box, but, um, um, electricians tend to be um, tend to leave like wire bits all over the place yeah. right you walk in after the electrician's done roughing out and what's it full of it's full of wire trimmings and romex strips right yeah. um, same thing with duck guys right like 
guys doing duct work, what do they leave all over the place? They leave their tape. Uh, their <laughs> tape their tape strips right yeah. at the back of their foil tape and and the pookie and stuff all you know globs globules of it all over the place, right? And you know every every trade has those tendencies, yeah. but it's a lot of you know um, it's a lot of having those having those conversations early on, right? And making sure that as a super you're putting you're putting the best foot forward in in managing the whole project right as an entirety and making sure that you know things are run smoothly things are run safely right and that was another thing with that first contractor um, quick sidebar um, that first contractor out of all of the contractors that I worked for at least tried their damnedest to be the safest contractor and and um, I mean they they there were some folks that you know they just said what they needed to say because they work for this contractor and they have to say it. But they had folks that were there that truly believed in you know working safely. You know, and I still you know I still keep in touch with those folks, and it and it makes sense. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, working it, 12 plus hours a day, like the times that you don't go home, I mean, yep. and then to not even care about the safety of the workers is fucking bullshit. It is, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, and then on top of that, it's, you know, how, how does it, how does it make that worker feel, right? When yeah. that, when that worker's being asked to do something that's, that's blatantly unsafe or that's blatantly ridiculous, right? Or you even have some of the young kids that are just eager to please, there's not as many these days, but you find a couple of them in here and there. You find some of them that are eager to please, and they're like, "Oh no, it's all right. I'll go take care of it." They're like, "No, no, 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 no. Let's let's before you shove your head in that hot panel, let's go ahead and shut it off for a minute, and, yeah. and you know, you know, let's not have an arc flash incident, or let's not have you fall 15 feet and you know bust your head wide open. You know, so it, it's that that's one thing with that contractor that I absolutely appreciated." Was uh, and they then they kept it simple too, um, you know. Because uh, for example, um, so they were they were partners with OSHA, right? So mm -hmm. they they tailored their safety policy to well, there, yes, there is some incentives on that yeah. element, but it allows them to get larger projects because they check the TRIR box, right? When it comes to their when it comes to their recordables, and so they're able to get clients like Samsung, they're able to get clients like Exxon Mobil. Yeah. When they have for their own insurance, they have they have to have a contractor that checks a nearly immaculate safety rating, right? So I mean, there there is an incentive on that element, but at the same time, you know, there's there's different motivations depending on where at in that hierarchy you're 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 operating in. Right. Yeah. Sure. As a CEO or a COO, you know, you're going to be looking at it like, well, yeah, we need to be safe, but we need to be safe. Why? Right. And their reasons as to why a lot of times differ. You know, a lot of times there's some overlap there, but in the big scheme of things, yeah, I mean, there's there's of course some kind of a financial motivation for it, but a lot of people don't realize that when someone gets hurt, a lot of times it costs the company more money tenfold. Yeah. Than it would to buy him a hard hat or buy him a pair of gloves yeah. or you know what I mean to keep him safe in the first place right and and it all it all boils down to time right okay somebody hurts themselves okay well they need to be transported to to some kind of urgent care okay well it's not smart for them to transport themselves because what happens if something if some kind of car accident happens and they're operating the vehicle before they get to the you know what i mean yeah. so then somebody else has to transport well now that's two guys that are still on the clock and aren't getting any work done and so <clears throat> and so there's that and then on top of that there's you know the time lost of you know hey how long does it take for this guy to heal right and so and and on top of that there's workman's comp and everything else and yeah it ends up being a, a huge financial drain in in time money and effort and otherwise when someone gets hurt when all you had to do is maybe spend 10 15 minutes and having a conversation with them or or maybe buying them 
buying them a, a nicer, newer, you know, higher cut rating pair of gloves or, you know, give them, give them your pair of safety glasses, you know? So, yeah. uh, <clears throat> so yeah, that was quick sidebar, but that was one thing that I really appreciated about that contractor. But, uh, but yeah, then from there, um, bounced around a little bit and, uh, landed at a company that did, uh, um, mostly TI finish outs. So now they're, they're growing rapidly. Um, and they're doing a lot of medical stuff, um, which is pretty cool. Like, uh, I mean, I, I, I still keep in touch with them and, and follow a lot of what they do. And it seems like everything, everything that they're posting with new projects is, you know, new medical facility, this new medical, you know, nurse training this. And, and so it's a lot of, a lot of cool medical stuff, which I never really got, got an opportunity to do any kind of medical stuff, but, uh, but yeah, um, I really liked working with them. And then, you know, obviously COVID happened. And so <clears throat> when I got hired, I was the fifth superintendent that worked for them. And then they hired one other guy shortly thereafter me. And then when COVID hit, they went all the way back down to one superintendent. One. So they had, yeah, I mean, it, they, they skeletonized quite a bit. I mean, there were the two owners, there was, uh, there was the two owners, the superintendent, one project manager who was also acting as a superintendent on a couple projects. And that was pretty much it. I was like a everyday show up and get stuff done type deal. So after that, <clears throat> uh, after that, um, you know, took care of a few things out of the house. Um, that's when we were, you know, we, we had, we had bought the, we had bought our property and we, we needed to get some stuff done out there. So I took a little bit of time off and got some stuff done out there. And then, um, you know, and then worked with another company that most of what they do is a uh, post litigation repair. So they still operate as a general contractor, but most of what they do is, um, like I said, it was, it was uh, like post litigation or insurance claim stuff. So, <clears throat> if say one of these multifamily contractors comes in, builds out some building or whatever, and then say inside of a couple years or something like that, they start having like serious problems, not like warranty items. It's like, hey, somebody, um, somebody, you know, lipstick, lips, lipstick, rubber stamp this. And now you having balconies that are literally falling off the building. And, uh, so yeah, that's where, that's where this company came in. And, uh, so they had, they had legal, they had a legal team, um, that would kind of litigate this. And then they had a production slash construction team, um, that would kind of put together the cost so that they could figure out how much they can get in court and so on and so forth. But, but yeah, so I worked for them as a superintendent for a while. And then uh, <clears throat> that just wasn't matching up. And then from there, um, I got to uh, got to catching up with an old buddy of mine from high school, and that was Taylor. Mm. And uh, um, and actually, he so he had posted. Some, it, it's kind of interesting how this all kind of came together. But he had posted something on Facebook looking for like a designer to help him and help the client with putting together sets of drawings that he can then price more accurately right um, and a lot of it was like doing finish selections and things like that so that we can make sure that the infrastructure is is how it should be right if somebody wants a you know wants an electric stove or something like that then you require certain power well you got to get that power in place before you finish sheetrock right mm -hmm. um, and it's that kind of stuff so I connected the two of them she had worked on a couple projects with him and I was still trying to figure out exactly where I wanted to go. Cause I already had, I already had a taste of the commercial TI finish out. Um, I also had a young daughter on the way, so she wasn't quite born yet. And, uh, and I wanted to make sure that I had most of all was some understanding and some flexibility, you know, cause one thing I wanted to do was I wanted to be there, not just for my wife, but for my job. And so I knew if I went back to what I, I knew I always could, I knew I could have, you know, I, I could always go back and do, um, 
you know, commercial TI finish outs because there's, I mean, the, the, the Austin market is, is hurting for superintendents and the ones that, that have enough wherewithal of, you know, making something of themselves, they've all since started doing their own things like me. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I knew I could always go back and do that, but I knew exactly what that was going to look like. Right. I knew that was going to be a lot of long hours. Um, you know, and we, we intentionally moved out of, out of the Austin area. Uh, so we're out, you know, out by Bastrop, you know, kind of in the country a little ways. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's a good 45 minutes to an hour just for me to get in town. Right. So say I work a 12 hour long shift. Well, that's 14 hours that I'm out of the house. Right. And that was just going to, it's just going to make things harder for the wife and everything else. And, and, um, yeah, so I wanted something with some flexibility and some understanding. And so, um, eventually, you know, Taylor and I kind of reconnected and had a conversation and, um, I told him I would help him out of the, out of the pickle that he was in, um, which he had, you know, he had a few projects that, um, he got a little bit out in front of his skis a little bit. So I helped him kind of wrangle in, wrangle in some of those projects. And then, um, and then, uh, yeah, so and I was with him for about a year or so. And then, um, just decided, I'm like, you know what, it, it's, you know, in the end, I planned on doing my own thing at some point in time anyway. Wife and I had already talked about this extensively and uh, decided that, you know, if I was going to do that, like, no better time than the present, you know. Yeah. Just figure it out and do it. Well, so, yeah. When people were, say uh, the best time was to plant a tree was like 10 years ago, mm -hmm. the next best time is, is today. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, one thing that like kind of caught my interest is like that you respect that company that really cared about the safety of people. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing that's now something that's like a priority for you in what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, not not to the level that they are, because I mean they uh, they're a huge company, yeah. huge company. So they have. You know they have uh, they have very very deep pockets. Um, however, I still can because uh, you know from an employee standpoint, I it, my myself and my wife are the only employees. Um, I have one guy who um, he helps me out and, and works with me from time to time, just kind of getting because I have a, a, a wide variety of different clients right now. Um, so I have uh, I have him that that helps me out, but. Um, luckily he's, you know, he's actually a little bit further along kind of in life overall. I mean, he's got, um, his, his oldest daughter just graduated from high school. He's about 10 years or so older than me. Um, but he and I go way back. And, uh, so yeah, he's not, I, I know that he's not going to do anything, you know, super risky, you know, whether he was officially employee or not. Yeah. Right. And he's going to, um, He's definitely going to, he takes a uh, kind of an older, wiser step back when it comes to certain situations. Like, well, let's, is there a way, is there a way we can make this safer? Is there a way that we can, we can do this better? Right. And that's, that's, that's how he kind of operates on a normal level, you know? And so I absolutely appreciate that from him. He has that experience to know like, hey, yeah. the, the stove's hot, don't touch it. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got, I mean... We we all we all have some scars and we all yeah. have some fun stories of, of some dumb shit that we did yeah. from time to time. But For sure. um, but yeah, so he he definitely operates in that you know kind of even keel um, even keel level. Yeah. So yeah, and um, just knowing that there's like other companies out there that are already doing what you're doing, mm -hmm. um, like at least from my point of view, like obviously there's a shit ton of electrical companies. Like, I don't want to be just another electrical company, right? Right. So what What kind of, what do you think sets you guys apart or what do you plan on building in the future that will set you guys apart from other people like you? Well, what I'm hoping is that we can sell kind of an, uh, 
because any kind of any kind of, of I mean in, in construction we are a, we are a service industry right yeah. whether you're a general contractor whether you're an electrician plumber mechanical guy tile guy whatever you're 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 selling your time you're not selling a product per se mm -hmm. you're selling your time and you're selling your expertise um, so I think most of all what we're what we're really going to focus on is selling a, a whole kind of uh, kind of inclusive service that is I'm not going to say low stress because that's that's entirely subjective and there's no such thing as a low stress construction project <laughs> uh, you know they say that if you want to if you want to test your marriage do a remodel right oh, yeah. and yeah you'll find out very very quickly how well you communicate with one another yeah. uh, but anyway so so no, I think it's most of all looking to you know build and be able to produce a an all encompassing service from design to punch all the way through, and um, and being able to to navigate some of those typical uh, communication hurdles that you that you typically have with you know one company pointing the finger at another company of like well hey this contractor's just picking up picking up the drawings from a previous from a, from a previous architect mm -hmm. right or even one architect picking up the drawings from a previous architect right yeah you know anybody can play backseat quarterback right yeah. <clears throat> but um, but most of all it's uh, and I know we were you know kind of chatting about this before we started but uh, most of all I'm one to offer um, quality first and foremost. Right. I want to offer something of value. So one thing I'm not going to do um, is put lipstick on a pig. Right. Because there's a lot of folks out there that, and I understand budget's a factor. Right. Budget's always a factor. Right. But it's it's at least opening up that conversation with the clients of. Do you really want to do this? Say it's a hypothetically, say it's a kitchen remodel. Do you really want to pinch dollars so much that you're saving pennies, or would you rather spend those pennies and spend those dollars and have a space that you and your family and your friends can actually enjoy and create memories within? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that's that's the that's one of the main things that that I'm wanting to that I'm wanting to push forward is that um, quality first and foremost right because you know uh, I'll, I'll repeat this just just so that we have it um, you can have a project done three different ways right you can have it done good you can have it done fast and you have it done cheap you can only pick two out of the three right if you want it fast and you want it good well it's not going to be cheap if you want it good and you want it cheap well it's not going to be fast so um, it's it's mostly just because again any anybody who's who's ever built anything, um, whether it be a, a birdhouse in the backyard to a, to a full on house, um, there's there's always going to be corners to cut. There's always always is right. But in the end, it's not just making sure that what you do holds up and looks good right for you know pictures and whatnot you know yeah I've, I've seen a ton of projects that 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 look good through a certain lens or you know you put enough coats of paint on it it looks great yeah. but as soon as you get into how everything functions mm -hmm. when you actually get I mean like from your standpoint you get into a panel and you open up that panel and it's oh, like a freaking yeah. rat's nest of like holy crap yeah, yeah. And that whole mentality of well it looks good from my house yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't operate that way because I assume that at any point in time, I could get a phone call, and if I get a phone call about a problem, I'm going to want to show up first and determine the root cause of that problem, so that I can now communicate intelligently to the person who needs to come and fix it, right? Because if I can't communicate it to the person that needs to come and fix it. And I'm just I'm just calling and telling them, hey, there's a problem. I need you to come and fix it. Well, what's the problem? I don't know. 
well, that really doesn't really doesn't take care of you know your time or whoever whoever the trades guy's time is, yeah. right? So I'm always looking at you know, hey, I know they're out, you know, they're out to make money just like me. So if I just spend a little bit of time, ask the right questions, figure out what the root cause of the problem is, so that way whenever I communicate it to what the problem is, hey, it, I think this is the problem. Okay, cool. That at least gives, you know, say it's you. That at least gives you somewhere somewhere to start. Right? <clears throat> and so, um, so yeah, I think large scale, it's, it's um, quality and something of value is, is what we're is what we're hoping to produce. Yeah. Because there's because there's too many guys out there that yeah. that you know, and I mean it every every contractor that's been doing this long enough knows. There's about ten don't quote me on this anybody. There's about ten lipstick contractors for every good one. Right? Yeah. So when everybody's looking at hiring a contractor they're already going to be the bad guy before a contract is even executed. Because contractors get blamed for everything. Yeah, they do. Everything. Whether it's scuffs on the scuffs on the driveway, whether it's scuffs on the sheetrock, whether it it could be a, a tree fell down in the backyard and you're <laughs> over there doing a, a, a kitchen remodel. So, hey, you gotta fix it. Hey, you gotta you gotta do something about this. <laughs> you know what I mean, but that's 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 kind of the nature of the game, right? You're you're always the you're always the bad guy, and you're always you're always the one at fault. So yeah. just coming to terms with that, CYA, right? Take your existing conditions photos, take accurate ones, you know, cover your butt, and most and first and foremost, put your best foot forward. I know it sounds cliche, but put your best foot forward and offer offer quality first and foremost yeah i know I mean, most of the contractors that i've been around growing up because i started at 10 years old too mm -hmm. so a lot of them that that i come across with and i've worked with you know houston and stuff even here uh even the clients sometimes you know they don't care because they're not going to see something it's behind the walls it's in the attic you know they're just like ah, that's fine you know so they just care about like that finished product right and when you brought up like the lipstick on the pig, that just reminded me of like the landlord that like paints paints over the the cover plates. <laughs> oh, everybody's seen those reels of of um, of what you know what tenants what homeowners want to do when it comes to some small small fixed repair, yeah. and what the landlords do, and they're like you know it's it's a nail pop, and they're over here squeezing like half a tube of caulk in the <laughs> in the nail pop or something. It, it's yeah. No. No, I mean, I mean, I, I, I get it, right? I, I, it, but come on, it, it all comes down to money. But at the same time, what you don't spend now, you're gonna spend more later. Yeah. And it's, it's, and I would say there's, there's, there's a decent amount of people out there that actually understand that, yeah. right? That understand the value of what it is that you're there doing, you know. And I've actually had a couple really, really good landlord clients that are, you know, it's it's somebody else who owns the house, and I get the phone call from from either a property manager or from a tenant, right? So I don't have I don't have any direct contact except maybe over a couple emails um, with the actual owner, but as soon as as soon as I make it a point of like, hey, you know, this is you know, this is a bigger deal than what it looks like, right? And here's why, and I explain it to them, and they actually understand. They're like, oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like we, we actually want this house to be around for a while. And if yeah. you know, if we just put lips you know, <laughs> lipstick on it now, yeah. then it's gonna get like even if they decide to eventually sell the house, at some point it's gonna get found and at some point it's gonna need to get fixed. Right? Except yeah. now you're gonna be on a time crunch when you're under contract trying to get it fixed and you're just gonna you're just gonna pay for the first guy that you get a bid from. You know what I mean? And so, um, fortunately, there are uh, there are some folks out there that that absolutely understand that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I actually have a friend like that that's that's from here, and like, you know, just want to give him a quick, quick shout out, uh, John. He's a realtor here in Austin, mm -hmm. and he's uh, he's from Victoria, and he mm -hmm. had a house in Victoria that he was trying to sell, 
mm-hmm. already all finished. Like everything, everything was finished. It was already on the market, and the clients backed out because they saw that the the, the wiring was the same from like I don't even know sixties or something. It was like the knob and tube wiring, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was exposed. And like, well, he didn't know that, but the, those clients that were gonna buy it backed out because of that. And then he was like, "He's like, man, like it's I gave him a quote for thirteen grand to fix it." He's like, "Shit, well, I mean, eventually I can sell it to somebody that's not gonna know, that's not gonna know anything, that's not gonna know it, right? That they have fucked up wiring." But he didn't feel right, you know, if something happened later on, because mm-hmm. he was already gonna sell it. Uh, he wasn't gonna feel right with his conscience that you know if something happened, it was on him, right? Eventually, even if it's if they don't blame him or whatever, right? So he just wanted. Ahead and you know paid me the thirteen grand to go and fix it, mm-hmm. and we had to make pass throughs everywhere, and then he had, to, had people come in and patch patch it again, and, mm-hmm. and then he sold it, you yep. know. But you still have people that we say understand that, you know, hey, like it's important to fix mm-hmm. the stuff, even. If, oh, especially you know, especially on your end, especially on the electrical side. Yeah. You know, because that's where that's where that's where that's where most house fires get started, yeah. right? <clears throat> that's where house fires get started. That's where um, you know it 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 seems to happen all the time where where an owner's like, oh well, I just want to you know I just want to fix these you know fix these few plugs or or replace these switches, right? Because they're wanting to go to the nicer, newer Decora ones, yeah. or or they want to they want the 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 plugs to match the switches, right? And have the Decora plugs and, yeah. you know, just things like that. And then they get into it and then it's like, okay, well, how many times do you have to get zapped before you go flip a breaker? Oh yeah. You're not going to go flip a breaker because the breaker panel is not labeled and you know what I mean? And so it's like, well, why would they, <clears throat> you know, why would they go and do that? And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's de- I would say it's definitely important. I mean, it's it's important on, at at all levels with yeah. with any trade that's in a house, you know, uh, from an electrical perspective to a plumbing perspective to all the way down to mechanical, you know, because a mechanical guy does something wrong or does too long of a duct run or something like that and doesn't, you know, doesn't even set up the duct work right, which duct work seems to be pretty simple. Yeah. But even if they don't set that stuff up right, now your now your unit's working harder than it needs to which means it's going to need service more often, which means it's not being as energy efficient. You know what I mean? And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it all still boils down to, you know, boil down to eventually the chicken's going to come home to roost. Eventually somebody's going to have to fix it. Right. And, um, yeah, of course there's people out there that, you know, try and tiptoe around that bill and, and again, you know, put lipstick on a pig, but, but yeah, so we're we're <clears throat> we're hoping to do something that's that's the opposite of that. Yeah. Which is like, no, no, no. I'm not just gonna you know, I'm not just gonna hang a TV, right, without making sure that I at least hit two stats. Oh hey, look at that. I, for whatever reason, I don't know why the the spacing in this particular wall where you want this TV's at is not quite right. I would feel more comfortable and I feel like you would feel more comfortable by hanging this thousand dollar TV that if I cut open a small hole in your wall and add a little bit of lumber in here so that I have something to screw to, they'll be willing to, they'll be willing to pay for that. Right. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm offering something of value and I'm offering a level of guarantee that, Hey, in the middle of the night, your TV isn't just going to spontaneously fall off the wall. Because I've I've gone and done those repairs, yeah. <clears throat> where there's a busted TV on the floor and then there's a brand new one sitting right next to it. <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, no, I just want it hanging up in the same spot." Oh my god! Like, yeah, I'll put it in the same spot, but I'm not going to put it up the same way that the previous guy. The did. same hose as the you know the other one. <laughs> one of them actually yeah. said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! It's like, yeah, no, I I don't know exactly what failed, and I'm like. You can see the toggle bolts just pulled right through the sheetrock. And I'm like, okay, so they tried to hang in a hang in a TV with just toggle bolts. Like not a not a single lag bolt or, or anything in any kind of lumber. Yeah. Like all you needed was one two by four and you can hold up pretty much most TVs nowadays. Yeah. But yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of guys out there that are, you know, willing to 
willing to do whatever they have to for a buck. And it's like, you know what? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not just gonna. I'm not gonna put lipstick on this pig just to just to make a few dollars. You know, it's it's. I know that it's. It all still boils down to what the owner is willing to pay for, right? But in the end, as especially as the general contractor is the 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 main contact with the client, then it's your responsibility to make to at minimum make them aware of what the circumstances are, give them the pros and cons, and let them make their own risk evaluation and determine, you know, what the what the circumstances are. Yeah. At at minimum you gotta be able to have that conversation with yeah. the client. Yeah. Um so you, I mean what I'm hearing is you basically want to change the way that people have been doing shit forever. Right, right. And you I'm know. hoping to um hoping to That's good. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely hoping to um, see if I can collect myself here. Uh, hoping to change that, uh, change that persona mm-hmm. a little bit when it comes to people hiring contractors. Yeah, they get right? a bad rep. <clears throat> they, I mean, every, every contractor gets a bad rep. <clears throat> yeah. It's like we were saying earlier, right? Oh, Sparkies, they just like to leave wire bits everywhere, or yeah. mechanical guys, or plumbers, right, with their PVC bits all over the place, or you know, little remnants of pecs nowadays, or there's solder dripped all over the, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever the circumstances, Yeah, right? you expect that, but then when you hire the right one and you don't see that, you're like, oh. Right, I mean, it, it's, 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 and it, and it goes down to, to finding, finding the trades that are willing to do the little things yeah. to make everybody's life a little bit better. Yeah. Right, all the way down to, like, for example, I have a plumber. Who has he has specific kits set out for different for different processes, right? So if he's doing if he's doing like an in wall rough, right, then he'll use he'll use whatever primer and glue he he can get his hands on. But if he's doing a trim out, or if he's doing a top out or a finish out, he'll specifically use clear primer and clear glue anytime he has to glue anything around finishes. Well, that is hugely appreciated from a general contracting perspective because now I know that the primer that always drips on the inside of the cabinets is not going to be purple. So now I don't have to have that conversation of if I'm going to buy that $2,000 box, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it just, it's definitely appreciated. And like, and whenever you see that purple drip, it's like, why would you leave that? Like, it's just like, com- <clears throat> some things like that are just like common sense to me. Yep. Which is like, what? I mean, if you didn't see it, but I mean, it's like right there. And that goes back to the mentality of, well, it looks good for my house. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they, so, just, no. they just care about themselves, man, but it's <clears throat> crazy. Yeah. So I'm hoping to change that, uh, change that persona yeah. um, a little bit, or at least as much as I can and go from there. Yeah. What about like from the, like your team members? Because obviously <laughs> you want to grow your company. Mm-hmm. So like. What I was talking about, like, the reason I created the podcast mm-hmm. is to give blue-collar workers, like, an opportunity mm-hmm. to just improve, like, their life, right, and their careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, as far as, like, you know, team members in the future, what what opportunities do you plan on giving them? Well, most of all, it's, it's, it's always a, a reciprocal relationship, right? So, just like with any employee, right, if you boil it down, it's how much time they're willing to sacrifice for in exchange for money right that's that's essentially what an employee is now some employees are willing to um, are willing to do a little bit more are willing to go that extra mile right and it's up to us as the owners as the guy who's writing that check it's up to us to recognize that and give them the benefits that one we can afford in order to keep the business going Right, because yeah, I, I would I would love to I would love to give every employee what they ask for, but the question is, can I afford it? Right, or can I can I afford it over the long term? Yeah, right. That's that's my problem to to deal with. Right, in the end, I'm hiring somebody for a specific job, and it's it it all basically boils down to to that you know how much time they're willing to spend for in exchange for X amount of dollars. But mostly, if 
the 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 thing that I tend to look for is um, you ever seen the damn it I'm, I was just looking at him earlier today. There's a guy he's a he's a motivational speaker, and I'm having a brain fart on his name, but he uh, he was doing a seminar and he drew out a graph, right X and Y graph, and on the Y axis was trust. And on the x-axis was performance, right? <clears throat> and he went and had a conversation with uh, with some SEAL Team Six guys, like so Navy SEALs, like top one percent of one percent of Navy SEALs, right? And he asked him, like, how do you how do you choose who's because that's that's a that's a peer reviewed organization, right? You don't get to be in SEAL Team Six by you know kissing the ass of the of the of the next guy up yeah. right it's it's all community and peer reviewed right so you don't get there without the approval of guys that you operate with so the way they explained it was um, they would hire the uh, the the medium to low performer of high trust than the highest performer of low trust Right, yeah. so it all boils down to trust, um, and that when I, I I actually saw that that clip years ago, and I started implementing that in in how I was working with others. I was like, okay, so I need I need them to trust me. How can I do that? Right, what what do I need to do in order to get this this project manager or or this owner or this CEO or whoever whoever it was whoever the superior is how do I get them to trust me right like if I just say trust me well that that really doesn't show them anything right they need to know that when when the when times get tough am I going to be there to handle this or are they going to have to step in and take over some of my responsibilities because stuff is because in the end stuff has to get done and it has to get done within a certain time window. Yeah. So, uh, so when I'm looking for people, I'm looking for people that I can trust to where to where my legacy, right, my my brand. I'm looking for people that I can trust to where to where that. What's up? We got five minutes on this. <clears throat> oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's that's um, that's most of what I'm looking for is can I trust them? <clears throat> yeah, that's a big thing. Um, I kind of go about that whenever I'm looking to hire. Mm -hmm. This is like they can be a good person, like a really good person, which would mm -hmm. basically be like trust, you know. But they can know nothing about construction, but that can be taught. Exactly. But they can know everything about construction, you know, from A to Z, but then they're not an ethical person. They can corner, corner us all the time, and right. it's like, you know, who do you want? And I would rather want the dude that knows nothing about construction, but is a good person, right? because I can teach him the stuff. You can't teach somebody how to be a good person, right? for the most part, I guess. Exactly. And, and, um, and that, that even boils down to something else that I want to do um, whenever I have the means to do so is... Um, Ever since, uh, like I was, I was infatuated, like like millions of other people were, with Mike Rowe when he was doing dirty jobs, and <clears throat> he's he's on all kinds of podcasts nowadays, and I think he has his own. But um, one thing that he points out over and over again is that there's a shortage in skilled labor, right? And I think we've all had had a taste of that in some way, shape, or form. When, um, when you're trying to hire somebody, and the 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 pool of people that are actually seeking the jobs are, for lack of a better term, not the best candidates. Right? Yeah. Either they're they're probably both. They either know nothing about construction, and they heard that you can make good money, but they're still stuck in their ways, and they're still egotistical, and they're still stubborn, and everything else and so 
Um, so yeah, what I'd really like to do is is develop some kind of a a kind of a trade school scholarship <clears throat> of sorts to where um, you know maybe I could partner with um, uh, partner with other you know whether it be electrical contractors, plumbing contractors, or otherwise, right? And just kind of you know I, I don't know if you remember this or not, but when when you were in school, did did they have any kind of like a like a job fair that you'd go to, where you kind of talk to these people that, that that do different things and kind of get an idea? It, 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 I mean, we're talking about like you know a drop in the ocean here of like an idea, but yeah. Uh, but I, I went to I went to something like that years ago. Yeah, they had some. I never <clears throat> went, but yeah, they had some. Right, but uh, but what I would like to do is is you know get kids when. You know, even a lot of these these underprivileged kids that you know seem to have no no purpose, yeah. right? And like, hey, you know what? This isn't this isn't just a job, right? This is a, this is a skill set, right? And if you learn this skill set, this skill set will go with you everywhere you go, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's knowing how to operate a computer program, or whether it's knowing how to cut a two by four straight. Right, like all of these different, these different individual tasks that come with a ton of these different trades. Right, it takes you know it takes years to to figure all that out. Well, you'd be a uh, you know say you get to be you know twenty five years old. If you don't know how to operate a circular saw at twenty five years old, right? It's not that you're any less of a man or any less of a of a person, but. It's 